When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Social Security is one of the most complex and confusing federal programs. With over 2,700 rules, it's no wonder that we're confused about when and how to start collecting and who to turn to for help. Welcome to Social Security Answers from the Experts, hosted by Martha Shedden. In this podcast series, Martha meets with professionals to provide you with the answers to questions about this most important financial decision. And now, here's your host, President and co-founder of the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts, Martha Shedden. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I am Martha Shedden, and today I'm so pleased to have Kathy Indiano with me on the show. Kathy's a certified public accountant and financial advisor who has 30 years of experience in individual and small business taxation with an emphasis on financial and legacy planning. Kathy works extensively with seniors and their children in the area of cash flow planning, minimalization of income, and estate tax wealth succession, gifting, and estate planning. So welcome to the podcast, Kathy. Thank you. Good to be here, Martha. Let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, um, your upbringing. How did, how were you influenced to become a CPA to go into this uh, type of work and start helping people with retirement planning? Okay, I'd be glad to. So thank you. So we'll start with kind of my upbringing, which you alluded to. I was very blessed to be raised with two wonderful parents. And I had a father who worked about 25 years as a shift worker and then a few more years after that. And my mom was actually a secretary in a school system. And I was the youngest of four. But they set goals very young. Well, first of all, they got married very young, but they set very specific goals when they wanted to raise their children. They were in the areas of education, music, athletics, and they wanted to instill in their children quality values. They wanted their children to lead with integrity and have a genuine heart of compassion for others. And they stuck fiercely to these goals that they set very early on in their marriage. And uh, I can remember um, that there's sometimes being tension in the home because every decision that they made relative to the achievement of these things within their children's lives had a financial element to it. And as parents and young parents and trying to raise a family and have a home, you only have so many um, so much money to extend to all of those areas. And and those areas were very near and dear to their heart. 
So that was kind of a lot of my upbringing. As I grew up and in high school, I really loved math. I loved problem solving of all things. And I took two years of accounting in high school and then just continued to follow that path on into college. I got my CPA, worked for a very large firm for a period of time, and then became the controller of a property management company. And I love doing that. Then life goes on. You have children, and my heart just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom for a period of time. And I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to that. But um, I needed to help put food on the table, which is also very common in those early years of marriage. So I started my own business, and I worked, um, got really had no clients, but started from scratch, did individual and corporate tax returns, bookkeeping, payroll, whatever I could do particularly when my kids were sleeping. And which is so apropos today, I even named my business Home Run Accounting. So that I kind of chuckle when I think back of that and and how many people today are really working out of their homes. But um, I did that for a period of time. And within a very short year or two, I realized that people who were getting closer to retirement or maybe say in their 50s plus, had a concern about what retirement was going to look for them. They had a really hard time visualizing and and actually quantifying what that meant. You know, they were very secure in the fact that they had jobs. They were getting regular paychecks. But what would that financial transition look like? And as I was younger at the time, I was like, wait a minute, this should not be such a dilemma. Aren't we working very hard to get us to that point? Well, sure we are. So I wanted to kind of help them walk through that process and take the what really handcuffed many people into not doing any planning to do just the opposite. Hey, let's get this planning. Let's get the decisions out on the table that you need to consider. And then let's go forward to that plan. And it was at that point, Martha, that I realized that Social Security planning is the launching pad to the comprehensive plan that people need to do and for planning for the uncertainties of life. Now, I know that's kind of a mouthful, but it is really, really true. And that's what threw me 20 years ago into starting to really delve into Social Security planning. And as you know, that's a very complex area. Over 2,700 rules just in how to file That's very daunting for the professional, let alone the non-professional. So that's what brought me to today, to what I'm doing as part of my firm. And it's really at the center of my heart in so many ways. Thank you, Kathy. Um, And I do know how much you incorporate Social Security claiming into your client's retirement planning. So Two questions. What was it that prompted you to emphasize that um, so long ago? And what are the most common misunderstandings you hear from your clients about Social Security? Sure. Um, What prompted me is that I realized very early on that Social Security planning is what I consider the hinge pinch to or the hinge pin to the planning process. When you do that first, you and the client then becomes aware of all the different filing strategies that they have available to them. 
-hmm. It allows us to open the door of other conversations into what happens before you you start taking Social Security and and preparing for the uncertainties of life, and then look at things beyond that. So before would be, you know, early retirement. What if that needs to be taken place or a disability or some change in their health, which requires them to become disabled or they need to consider filing? Uh, What about a premature death? How does that impact their planning? And then for the advisor who does a comprehensive plan, do they have enough life insurance? Should they have outside disability insurance? Um, And then beyond, too, there's many, many things that we can look into. Long-term care strategies or planning for that. Is that of concern? But it all starts with Social Security planning. Again, which is from the point when that is done, opens the door for the advisor to pivot one way or the other. And that's then our ability to get a comprehensive plan put together. Yeah. Um, I see you have a number of educational videos on your website addressing various aspects of financial planning, including estate planning, investment risk, annuities, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. And it really struck me that how lacking we are when it comes to general financial and economic literacy in our country. Do you have any thoughts on what we can do to address this? I mean, you you took accounting in high school, but shouldn't we all be educated on this before we go out into the workforce? Um, That's a great question. And, And yes, I think so. I think it really starts in our school systems as well as within the home. So these are conversations that as our children start to get older, we need to have with them about how to plan uh, and how to handle money. And it really begins a lot with communication. There's a lot out there as well on the internet, but that could be almost worse. I would hope um, that people would find an advisor that can speak to the client as well and to discuss these things with them. So there's lots of tools, but they need to have an advisor that's interested in their well-being and to taking all this information and how to apply it to their personal circumstances. And when that's done appropriately, it really gives them a peace of mind. But certainly beginning this education in the home, it's okay to let your children hear, hey, we're going to go work together, um, mom and dad. You know, they can hear their parents talking about their finances and they need to work on some of these things. Let your kids have little tidbits into that. Okay, bring them in occasionally. How do you handle uh, your extra cash that you earned cutting the neighbor's grass or whatever? Start to begin to teach those tools along with the education process that the kids can hopefully get and are getting in the school system. Right, right. How do you define success when it comes to your client's retirement planning? How do you define it or what are they looking for that makes them feel successful that they have been prepared and relieves that anxiety about it? So um, the ones that are most successful, I believe, are the ones who have done the planning that gives them the peace of mind moving forward. That's just the bottom line. 
okay? And when they have concerns, they pick up the phone and they can call and we can discuss them and go over things. And they also have the freedom and the ability to call when life's uncertainties arise, okay? There are definitely things that change. Let me give you one simple example. I know that you and I worked on a case a couple years ago, and it had some complexities in it because we had a single taxpayer a few years from retirement, but the employment field that they were in allowed them to elect out of the social security system. So even though they had a job in their early years and they paid some money into the social security system, for the bulk of their earning career, and in part of their career where they earned more dollars, they were not paying into the social security system. So we had already been looking at ways to how that's going to look and where those resources are going to come when they retire. But just maybe a year and a half, two years before the retirement actually transpired, I get another phone call from the client who says, hey, I got some great news. I'm going to get married. And I said, that's wonderful. But she goes, but I kind of want to know what the negatives or positives are relative to the financial plan that we have in place. And do we need to make adjustments? So I asked her a little bit, you know, a few questions and found out that her soon-to-be spouse was already retired and already collecting Social Security. You know, all kinds of bells and whistles go off because that's, again, another planning opportunity And so um, we were able to get all the information. And now that person who hadn't paid in for a big chunk of their time is receiving a very nice benefit from Social Security off of the earnings record or partially off of the earnings record of the spouse. And that proved very, very beneficial for her and was a very big positive. And And so that's what I encourage my clients to be prepared, have flexibility, and give me a call when things change, and let's see how we can work with that. That's such a good example, Kathy. <laughs> and um, it was a pleasure helping them with um, untangling that that decision. That there was a lot at stake there. Now I can give you, Martha, if you're interested, really one more really good example. Good, good about how Social Security can allow us to pivot and provide this peace of mind. So I had a client who came to me in their late 40s, early 50s, and wanted to do social security planning. They actually asked for that, which is a little unusual. Yes. But, you know, I said, you know what? It's never too early to get some basic information. Let's go ahead. We'll make a few assumptions on how long you might want to work and what your income range or employment uh, income earned will be. And let's do that planning. So we did. And about a year after that, I get a call from the spouse, and she tells me some unfortunate news that her spouse had developed a disease that was really going to affect the quality of life Mm. and the life expectancy. So although those aren't the phone calls that we like, the importance is what I'm going to tell you now. She said that when they got the news, of course, they were shocked. And unfortunately, the second or third thought in their mind does go to loss of job, loss of income, what's going to happen if you pass away, all those things. Well, because we had set a comprehensive plan, they were very quickly able to pivot 
remembering the planning they had done back to the issue at hand. So knowing that they were going to start on a new journey, they had as best as possible the financial peace of mind because they knew the flexibility in the planning and, and they had solved that what if, right. life insurance, the ability to collect social security disability and apply for that, the importance of that. Yeah. With minor kids, they would be able to collect. And, and you can't quantify life or death. You know, you can't put a value on that, but you can help provide that peace of mind that allows people to have the best journey possible mm-hmm. when those unforeseen circumstances arise. And so that to me was very, very moving because we already had a plan in place if something like this was going to occur. So I would, I would strongly recommend that our clients and people out there getting ready to retire or pre-retirement, really do their homework now and get a head start. You can't start too early. No. And unfortunately, it's not something like finances in general that we talk about. It's something that um, people are afraid to talk about or they, they just see it too far in the future. Yes. Those of them like your clients who had the foresight to think about that in the their 40s are that's just exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned the word afraid, Martha. Um, a lot of people just are uncomfortable talking with their spouses even about right. money and money matters. And what's so critical is communication. When you are unwilling to communicate, even in those difficult topics, it closes doors. And I want, the, I want the opposite. I want them to communicate and address these difficult areas so we open the doors of communication. And when they do that, I can tell you that their personal lives and their relationships are very much enhanced. Right, right. Um... Talk to us a little bit about how you help your clients with their retirement and personal account withdrawal strategies to make the most of not only their Social Security benefits, but also minimizing taxation where where you can. Okay. So in normal situations or more situations, there's usually going to be a drop in taxable income when somebody retires. Okay, so we kind of lay out where the money is going to be coming from the first couple of years when they retire. Are we going to hold off on Social Security so that it can grow by that 8% or are we going to start it right away? So we kind of look at all of the areas, their IRAs that are taxable, their Roth IRAs, their non-qualified investments, and we look at the cash flow that can come from all of these how they're positioned from a risk tolerance uh, standpoint, and then develop a plan, look at the taxes and what they're going to be, because you know tax rates today are the lowest. They're only going to go up in the future. So all of those types of things is what I'm going to go with a client. And I actually have a strategy and show them where we're going to pull the money from, okay? And again, that strategy needs to be flexible just in case there's something that majorly affects them. Um, but that's how I work. 
And then we, we go over that um, more so in the first year they retire because that's when they're most nervous. Okay. Yeah. And we make tweaks and changes depending upon how their portfolios perform, so on and so forth. Sometimes we look at Roth conversions because of um, the advantage of taking advantage of the low tax rates. There's many things that we can do uh, to enhance your portfolio in the long run and make sure those assets um, they don't li- outlive their assets, and they hopefully have them, if, if that's their goal, to have a legacy transfer to their children. That's wonderful. I think a lot of financial professionals um, perhaps are not helping their clients in that detailed of a, of a way that the withdrawal strategies and the planning for the use of all the money that they have accumulated and invested and saved And it's just amazing how that coordination of everything you were just talking about can affect the longevity of their resources. Um, So I can give you a very specific example on that as well. I had a set of clients who came to me after they were retired. Okay. A couple years into retirement, the wife had a pension. She took it out under a single life annuity strategy versus a joint. So that gave her a higher payout. And so they were receiving that. But at the time, I'm like, do you know which one of you is going to pass away first? Well, of course, nobody knows that, right? So the spouse had been taking quite a bit of money, higher percentage out of his IRA, because the wife, they were used to saving her paycheck and putting that in the savings. Well, when you have that pension of the spouse that's gonna go away when they pass away, and you're taking more money than necessary out of the IRA, you're increasing your taxable income, okay? So I said, listen, this is now the time since you have this pension to use that money first in your retirement. Take out what you have to, out of the IRA to bring up what your income needs are, but don't over withdraw um, because it's only going to increase your tax liability. And that's going to affect what you're going to have in the long run. And when I showed them that on paper as well, we then segued into how those assets that I manage or that their other advisor was managing are positioned. So it was a great way to open their eyes show them how their money could last possibly longer, okay? And bring new assets to manage into the firm. You really did them a a great service with that. Um, I want to segue a little bit to uh, the topic of inflation, which is on everyone's minds right now. And most people think that there's very little they can do to protect themselves from inflation outside of just accumulating the most money possible. Is there anything that retirees and soon to be retirees can do to insulate themselves from inflation? And I think part of where this might be going is what you were just talking about. Um, But what are your thoughts on that? Well, I would say definitely they need to look at where they're pulling their money during this high inflationary period. Okay, but that kind of goes without saying. I think they need to really look at how they're positioning their assets, okay, and in light of inflation, okay. Obviously, there's a lot of risk in the market right now, and that's concerning to everybody as well. But if you think of their retirement pots, 
very rarely are they going to distribute all those assets within a couple of years. So we need to kind of let the client know or give them the peace of mind that these assets are going to be used, some of them, way out in the future. Okay, and therefore, to help offset the, the rising inflation and allow for more growth and more yield, we need to position in this manner or that manner. Okay, so you need to kind of show them. And sometimes I even draw pictures on paper so we can kind of, so they can kind of see that timeline of money and how to position those specific assets. I saw that asset uh, map on your website. Yes. That's a wonderful graphic that you have there. Thank uh, you. When you work with clients or your first meeting prospective clients, what is it that most of them are not asking you about, but they should be. Um, this could be any any financial, tax, retirement topic. What is it that people are unaware of that they should even be asking? Well, you kind of alluded to it with the inflation is the rising costs in the future, um, yeah. particularly in the areas of healthcare. People are living longer in general. So they really need to be aware of that and how much they're spending. Uh, Nobody likes to live paycheck to paycheck or be short in retirement. So they really need to um, have an understanding of what it's going to cost to in retirement. What's that going to look like? And uh, nobody likes this word, but I'm going to say it anyway, budget. They need to have an understanding of what their monthly costs are going to be in retirement. Okay. Um, The last thing we want to do is tell people that you can't go on this vacation or golfing or whatever their hobbies are after they've worked so many years to get to that point. So we really want to drill down into how much they think they're going to need. Okay. With those other components. And then how do we get them there? That's so true. And I, I'll add a little bit of my own experience working with clients on their uh, cash flow throughout retirement. Some of the software that I use only, um, it's wonderful and powerful, but it, it is, there are certain costs that we have that are fixed, our mortgages, insurance, Medicare. But that budgeting you were talking about, it's so difficult for people to sit down and tally up what they're spending each month. And the relief they get from having done that (laughs) is really, really valuable. Those costs, all those other costs we have, we think of them as fixed. We need groceries. We need uh, a car and gas for the car. But they're variable, too. You can adjust them. And so that's just a relief to to sort of force them to have that analysis and to look at that and then to update that, I think every year too, or every once in a while, because things change. Like, like you said, there's, there's big changes, um, pivots as we go through retirement. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I ask everyone this question. um, If you had the power to make any changes to the social security program, and that includes improving it or abolishing some of the rules, uh, what changes would you make and why? So, um, you know, the social security uh, system has been around for a long, long time. 
It's had a couple major changes. And I think what we have to do is go back and look at the core purpose of the program. Redefine that. What is it really meant to do? And some of the extra programs, I'm not going to say cut them out, but maybe they have to be capped at a certain point or shortened, for example, which might mean that a widow who um, has young children um, and collecting sizable amounts for the children between, say, whatever age, say they're four, and now they get to collect until they're at least 18, you know, um, is that too long of an area? Um, It's a very sensitive conversation, but we do have to bring some type of balance back into that program to make sure that it's there for the main purpose. And that main purpose is not to make sure people have full coverage during retirement. It's to supplement what they have in addition to their other savings. So I think, I mean, I don't have the global answer, but I think we, again, have to re-examine the main purpose of that program, put some parameters around certain areas, okay? And hopefully it can come back into a balanced program and there is not going to be as much concern about whether it's going to be there after 2034 or not. Right. Yeah, that's well said. I've worked with couples who... Um, They do have minor children. One of the parents is retiring. Perhaps the other spouse is younger. And so the family benefits that are there for them, one person Mm -hmm. retires, are there's a focus sometimes for some people on getting all that they can for their children or, and it's, it's out of sync, like you said, with what the original purpose was, and also just the dynamics and life expectancy back 86 years ago. There are certain aspects of the program that are a little out of balance, and and not many people realize that, I I don't think. And so to claim Social Security early, just so your your younger spouse and children can get it, um, it, it actually turns out that often that's not even the, the most money anyway. It's kind of interesting. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, just a couple more questions. Based on your experience and knowledge, what are the top two or three most important takeaways for financial professionals who are helping their clients with uh, retirement planning, Social Security in general? What would you... What is your advice to other financial professionals? Um, So my advice to them is you can't be an expert in all areas. And if you want to be an expert in social security planning, you have to do it full time. And it's almost not feasible. Yet at the same point, it's critical to developing a comprehensive plan. It's absolutely critical. And it's absolutely instrumental in the growth of those assets under management. So they need to uh, have as much knowledge as they can, work with an organization like our SSA, which I've done for several years now, and make sure that that is an important part of their planning process. Um, 
The most successful advisors are the ones that recognize, like I said before, that social security is that hinge pin in the door that opens it to allow them to talk to all of the other areas, pre-social security collecting and after. When it's done accurately, it's going to not only allow your uh, clients to stay longer and possibly their children, but it's going to bring in new assets for you. Uh, alongside as also working with them and life insurance and disability insurance. So um, I really, really think that the advisors who are most successful and are most compassionate about their clients are the ones that incorporate that planning into their practice. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. Um, I want to make sure that our listeners know where to reach out to you. So you do work remotely in other areas of the country. Is that correct? Yes. So because I do so much with family planning and wealth transfer planning, um, I have clients in about 25 or 26 different states. And I love working with the family units, the seniors and their adult kids, grandkids. It's just so uh, rewarding. Um, So yes, we, we have our main office here in Ohio And I'm no longer working out of my home and haven't been for two years, even though many people are. We are here. We do Zoom calls. Um, I travel quite a bit as well. And so we are available to um, reach many, many people. So how is the best way? Do you want to share your um, email address or website or whatever you'd like? Sure. Um, You can email me um, at kindiano, that's K-I-N-D-I-A-N-O, at indianocpa.com. We have a website uh, as well that you can go to um, at indianocpa. Or you can give us a call, our toll-free number, 877-937-1040. I'm very, very reachable. Um, either way, we will be in touch with you. I'd love to speak with you and make sure you guys are on your way to uh, sound retirement planning. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you, Martha.